Our friends online were big helps to me this last week. I asked the question on Wednesday, what's your favorite courtroom drama, police procedural, or crime documentary? And so many people responded to that question with, with some shows that I had never even heard of. Obviously, there were a few that I had, but, but everyone seems to be a fan of crime shows and legal dramas. There were People were telling me about Bosch and Justified, NCIS, Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, all the other Law and Orders, Monk, Blue Bloods, and so many others that I'd never heard of. And I have to admit, every now and then I get sucked into one of those courtroom dramas, one of those documentaries. I binge-watched The Making of a Murderer and was certain that, that the fellow was innocent until I was certain that he wasn't. I binge listened to a podcast last year called, called Murder in Illinois, and I'm absolutely certain I know who done it. Other shows, True Crime, and so many others. What is our obsession with legal dramas? You know, I think if Isaiah the prophet were alive today, he would be right there with us watching NCIS, watching Law and Order, and all of these other shows. There's several times in the book of Isaiah where Isaiah takes us to the courtroom. He uses the imagery of the courtroom. And he puts God on trial and he calls the faithful to come forward as witnesses. Witnesses to God's goodness. Witnesses to His mercy. Even witnesses to His existence. And he asks us, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? You know, our world puts God on trial also, doesn't it? Our world puts God on trial. They want to know if He's really there, if, if faith really matters, if belief makes a difference. Some of the questions that our world asks about God can be intimidating to us. And sometimes we just withdraw. We ignore the questions. We don't want to answer them. We retreat. We're not going to engage. And we just kind of keep it all to ourselves. And yet... And yet the last words of Jesus before He returned to the Father are an echo to Isaiah's courtroom drama. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, You will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and then all of Judea and Samaria and even to the end of the earth. The end of the earth. That's you and me. That's us. We are His witnesses. And so today we're going to go back with Isaiah to that courtroom that he places God on trial where he places God on trial we're going to take our place on the witness stand we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 43 verses 8 through 13 if you want to grab one of those bibles in front of you it's page 603 if you've got a device with you that has the bible app you can find the notes there also Isaiah 43 again page 603 this is us witnesses for Jesus, a witnessing community. Witnesses for the one that we have known, the one that we have loved, we have seen His grace, we have received His love. This isn't simply who we are as individuals. You're a witness, you're a witness, you're a witness. But this is who we are together as a church, as a community. And who we are together is a witness to our world. Isaiah 43, beginning in verse 8. Bring out the people who are blind and yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. 
All the nations gather together, the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right. And let them hear and say, it is true, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when, you, when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And I am God, and henceforth I am He. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work and who can turn it back? You hear those words that Jesus echoes in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You are my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. This is us. We are witnesses. Our lives are living testimony to the truth of who Jesus is. You hear it in verse 10. God says in verse 10, I am He. We started off this year, a long time ago, in the book of Exodus. We started off this year in Exodus out there in the wilderness, out there in the desert with Moses in front of that burning bush. And God commissions Moses to go back into Egypt and set his people free. And Moses asks God the question, when I go back, what God will I tell them sent me? What name will I give them for you? And that is where God says those words, I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. Here again in Isaiah 43, he says, I am he. If you go back up into, uh, into verse 1 of chapter 43, but now thus says the Lord, thus says the I am, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine by my name. You go down just a few verses. Verse 3, he says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And if you go on past to verse 25 here again in Isaiah 43, I, I am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. You and I are witnesses to his identity. We are witnesses to his compassion. We are witnesses to his forgiveness. I am he, he says. Where else have we heard those words? We could jump ahead to John's Gospel. And there in John chapter 4, Jesus is sitting at a well asking a lady to get him a drink. He's sitting at this well in Samaria in the city of Sychar. He's talking to this woman. And they get into a debate over who the Messiah will be and where's the right place to worship. And finally the woman kind of throws up her hands and she says, well, I know that the Messiah is coming someday. And when the Messiah comes, he will explain all this. And Jesus responds to her and says, I am He. Later on in the Gospel of John, Jesus is praying. Soldiers come to arrest Him. And when they come to Him, Jesus says, Who do you seek? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus responds and says, I am He. 
he. Over and over again, we hear these words. His grace, his forgiveness, his sacrifice, his love, these all mark his identity. He says, I am he who does this for you. And so the question is not, who is he? Because he shows us who he is. The question is, who does our world think he is? Who do the people out there think that Jesus is? Identity theft has become a, a big problem in our world. Maybe you've had, maybe you've suffered from it. We've had trouble here at the church with identity theft. Did you know last year, identity theft cost people $5.8 billion? Can you imagine? $5.8 billion? And if you're a victim of identity theft, you may be required to prove who you are. You may be required to, to bring documents, to bring your ID and prove that you're really who you say you are. If you're a victim of identity theft, you may need to have a friend come with you or have someone set up who can prove your identity. Someone else may have to testify, this is who you are. There are so many people in our world who are looking to other places for salvation, if, if not salvation, they're looking to other places for significance. And yet you and I are called to testify to Jesus and say, this is it, it's him, he's the one. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. If our world is going to know who Jesus is, it's because of what they hear from us. If our community, if our friends around us are going to understand who Jesus is, if they are confused about his identity, then what are they not seeing in us? Are they not seeing his compassion? Are they not seeing his forgiveness? Are they hearing of his love? Are we witnessing to who he is and to why they need him? If we are his witnesses, then our lives will stand as testimony to Jesus' identity as Savior of this world. Isaiah has God standing on trial before witnesses and declaring in verses 11 and 12, I, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. We hear the word Savior, and you and I hear the word Savior, and we think of the cross, don't we? We think of what Jesus did on the cross to save us from our sins, to, to save us from ourselves. And yet Isaiah is writing this 700 years before the cross, and he's declaring that God is the Savior. That image of God as Savior has been there from the very beginning of the Jewish people's faith. It was He who saved them. He was their Savior, saved them out of Egypt. He saved them from the nations around them. And as Isaiah is writing this, he's going to save them again from the Babylonians. Jesus comes and He saves us from our sin. <laughs> saves us from ourselves. The problem today is that our world is overrun with people who say they can save you. Our world is overrun with saviors. We've got politicians who promise they can save us. They can save our nation, but who's going to save us from them? There are celebrities and influencers out there who tell you that if you'll follow their plan, if you'll follow their diet, if you'll follow their advice, if you'll follow their lifestyle, they can save you. They can make your life better. And yet again and again, they end up in ruin and humiliation, scandalized, canceled. And yet people around us turn to these false saviors again and again. What they need is someone who will stand and testify as a witness, this is your Savior. 
This is the one. Verse 11, God says, I am. There it is again. I am the Lord. There is no other Savior. You believe that. I know you believe that. You don't have to convince me that you believe that. We're in agreement on this. Uh, Yes, He is the Savior. There is one Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. We agree on that. But if our world doesn't see that in us, if our world doesn't hear that from us, they are going to be lost. We have to show them. And who we are together is our witness to this world. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Let's make sure they hear that loud and clear. Let's make sure they hear the uniqueness of Jesus' claim that we're not waiting for another Savior. We're not putting our hope in anyone else. We're not putting our hope in any man, any organization, any ideology, but we are witnesses to who Jesus Christ is. He is our Savior. And since He alone can save us, then He alone is our Deliverer. Deliverer. We don't, we don't use that term much anymore. We don't talk about deliverance very much. We talk about Jesus as Lord. We talk about Jesus as Savior. This past week we talked a little bit more about Jesus as King. Jesus is our true King. We talked about that. But when was the last time we talked about Jesus as the one who delivers us? We don't mention that very much. You see, it's not just a matter that we've been forgiven of our sins. We've been saved from our sins, but we have been rescued from the oppression of our sin. Rescued from a world that wants to hold you down, a world that wants to keep its heel on you, but it cannot because He will deliver you. That's Isaiah's final verdict in verse 13. And henceforth I am He. There is none who can deliver from My hand. I work and who can turn it back? The fact is, you cannot find another claim like that anywhere. They might claim it, but they can't back it up. This world will always fall short of delivering you. Political parties will always fall short. Our own strength to rescue us will always fall short. We need a Savior. We need a Deliverer. We need a higher power. And Jesus stands by and says, I am He. And the only way our world hears Him over the noise of all the others who promise they can save us is if if they hear us. The only way the world hears Him over the noise is if they're hearing us. The only way they hear us is if they know us, if we're present with them, if we're loving our neighbors, if we're caring for them, if we're blessing them, if we're actually bringing His saving grace into the mess of their lives. This is us. We are a community of witnesses. This is who we are together. And who we are together is our witness. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. There's times when our community might feel like the end of the earth. We you can see it from here anyway. You know, you feel like you're out there on the edge sometimes. Whoever else we might be, whatever it is that holds our attention, whatever it is that calls for our allegiance, first and foremost, what matters is who we are together. We are His witnesses. And if we are not His witnesses, then our world will never know His promises. I wonder if you remember where you were 21 years ago today. (laughs) I have vivid memories. Everybody have vivid memories of where you were? Grace, you don't count. Everybody else would have vivid memories of where they were 
21 years ago today. I have memories of that morning. I also have memories of that night. That evening, one of the kids in my youth group sent me a message. I was going to say sent me a text. We didn't do that back then. But he sent me a message on the computer and said, do you think we ought to get together and pray? And I said, I think that's a good idea. So we all gathered at the church about 6.30 that night and we prayed together. We prayed about all that we had seen that day. We prayed about the fear that we were feeling. We prayed that Christ would be lifted up no matter what, that we would continue to lift up Christ, that we would continue to stand for Him. I also have a memory that evening of watching the news. Do you remember this? Do you remember Congress had that press conference that night? And after they had talked for a while, all of a sudden, spontaneously, Congress broke out into song. Do you remember what they sang? They sang, God bless America. Don't make me sing it alone. Land that I love, stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. See, you remember, you know where you were. They stood together and they sang that. It is estimated that the Sunday following 9-11, church attendance in America was up 15 to 25% everywhere. 15 to 25%. Churches were filled with people. People came needing hope, needing connection, needing to know I'm not out here on my own, but rather this is us. This is who we are together. 21 years ago. I don't know that they found that though, because that spike in church attendance, it only lasted about a week. And then we went back to normal. Not even a new normal. We just went back to normal after a week or so of that. And I'm afraid in part it's because they didn't find anything different in church. In other words, they showed up and they found out that we were just as big a mess in here as they were out there. Who we are together matters to our world. It matters to our identity. It matters to the hope that we share in our world, the hope we have for our neighbors, the people who see us, the people who interact with us, the people who watch us closely. When our world cries out for a Savior, Jesus answers, I am He. And Jesus calls out for witnesses. Jesus says, I am He, but they cannot hear Him unless you and I are standing together saying, and we are His witnesses. I'm going to take communion in just a moment. Part of our witness again. The song we're singing today says, commune with me, and it it seems to invite us all together and realize that while we each may have our own little cup and our own little loaf, this is not something we do on our own, but rather we commune together. It also seems to remind us that it's not just us here, but it's those who are who have gone on ahead of us. And it's communion with the one who is our Savior, the one who is our deliverer, the one who loves us. Let's remember today our witness, our witness of who we are together and our witness of who we are with him. I'm going to pray. We'll sing. We'll take together. Let's pray. Father, you call us your witnesses. And every one of us here can testify. We could stand in court and testify that we are not the people we were before you, before we met you, but that you have changed us. You have filled us with hope. You have given us your forgiveness.
You have given us promises. And You have called us together. Lord, when our world searches for meaning and significance, when our world searches for a Savior or a Deliverer, I pray that they can hear us, that they see us pointing them to You. And I pray, Father, we always remember this is who we are, that we are Your witnesses. We ask You to bless this bread and bless this cup today that reminds us of the body that was broken and the blood that was shed. And remind us of who we are together as we give ourselves to You. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.